This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com, or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. We hope February finds everyone happy, healthy, and heavy. As always, Thursday night's new content drops. Tonight's episode, we have one hell of a show for you guys. Celebrating both Raven and Metallica. Now, Raven was in California this past weekend, got inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame. Uh, Banner year for them. Kick-ass tour. We had them up here in Rochester for an exclusive Metal Mayhem ROC club show. Uh, We have John Gallagher on this show tonight. John's going to tell us how that whole Metallica benefit show came about, tells us uh, what's going on in the Raven camp, and just general up-to-the-minute updates on the band. Then we have Andrew Robleski, our friend that was the second chair engineer on that classic Kill 'Em All album that was recorded right here in Rochester. Well, he's on the show, and he's going to tell us how he had a tie-in on that benefit show from Zazula. But more importantly, he brought a one-of-a-kind, unearthed cassette audio of Kirk Hammett and James Hatfield in the studio when they were recording Kill Em All. It's never been heard. The band hasn't even heard it. And we have it right here first on Metal Mayhem ROC. So that's coming up in just a second. Just want to remind you to get to our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Sign up for our email letter. That way we'll get updates on shows, contests, uh, alerts on our Monday night radio show. And speaking of contests, tonight 
We're giving away exclusive swag from that show, a one-of-a-kind picture of Kirk Hammett from the studio in Rochester during Kill 'Em All. I threw in some Metal Mayhem ROC swag. We have an audio clip. You got to, you know, guess the mystery riff that Kirk's playing. So that's all coming up. Get up to our website, download some past shows, rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Recent episodes, we had Steve Rosen, the guy that wrote the book, Eddie Van Halen, Tone Chaser, Todd Kearns from Heroes and Monsters, and we started the year off with a two-parter with Jason McMaster. So that's what we got. Groundbreaking show. Thank you for the support. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. So, uh, Raven had a great year. You're on the road for the uh, wiped out sessions. We hosted you up in Rochester, and you ended the year with an exciting collaboration with Metallica, the benefit show for the Zazulas. We're going to get to that in just a minute, but I just wanted to get up to speed in the Raven camp. This fall, you released Leave Them Bleeding, six-song sort of compilation uh, people aren't familiar with it, a little bit of uh, stuff from the old days, some covers, and some, you know, hidden gems. Give us a quick explanation of what was on there to help promote it. That's basically finished up our old record deal. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like a kind of best of of the last 10, 12 years or so. And we had a live version of Stay Hard, which is pretty cool, which was unreleased, and, you know, got that mixed and put that on too. So it's, uh, in many ways, it's a stopgap. But, uh, you know, unless you're an insane collector, a lot of those tracks you wouldn't have. So I thought it was a, a good idea. It's a nice package for some great photos. And like I say, that'll, uh, you know, keep you, keep the hunger at bay until the new record comes out. Well, like it says, keep them bleeding. And you mentioned it's the uh, final obligation for the last label, and now you're on a, a new label with the 2023 release coming out. Well, what's going on there? Yeah, we're, we're with Silver Lining. Uh, we're very excited about that, and so are they. Uh, they're knocked out with the stuff we've given them. Uh, so the album is complete. Uh, it was uh, We recorded it through June and July in Mike's studio in Los Angeles. Uh, which was uh, brutal. We had to we had to live on his vampire schedule, you know, like get up at eleven or twelve and start work at three and finish at five in the morning, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> why, why is that? He's just just he is a nocturnal. That's how he's, he... uh, he's a vampire. That's just the way he is. Uh, but it worked. I mean, once we uh, beat our body clock into submission, it worked. We, uh, we we worked long and hard and really nailed down these songs and got them done. And we recorded a lot of stuff, far more than we needed for the album. So there's extra tracks. So there's a couple of compilation things, you know, cover tunes. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that maybe we'll do something with later on, you know. Awesome. Uh all hell's breaking loose. Still the working title. Still the working title. Not official yet, but we're we're looking at it. Yep. Originally, you said that it was going to be out in May. Yeah, and we 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 kind of killed that because uh, it it took so long getting the art done. the The artwork is uh, 
it's really awesome, but uh, it, it took a lot of backwards and forwards, much like the artwork did on Metal City. It took a bit of time, but uh, the wait was well worth it. We're just finishing up the last couple of odds and ends on that. And as soon as we provide that, boom, our technical obligations are done until we have to do a whole bunch of photos and stuff for them. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then there are more work. And, but... and videos, we got that to do too. So yeah. Well, circling back to Metal City to comment on that cover, it's awesome. It's always, uh, it's a caricature, but it's it's vivid. It's uh, eye-catching. Eye so if the new one's any indication of what's to come, that you know, then we're looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, the detail is incredible. Uh, the more you look, uh, we, we had it. In, it's nothing like it, but in the way that the cover for Nothing Exceeds was one of those ones where you keep looking and keep seeing different things in it. It's got, it hits you, but there's depth, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, so, uh, that's cool. us old school guys that sit there and jam it and look at you and something to look at. And like you said, every time yeah, you look at it. Yeah, you got something to read, you got something to look at, and it's uh, the immersive experience, which, you know, we're all about. That's That's what it's... You know, they say download some anonymous track by someone you've never heard of and don't know anything, and it goes in one ear and out the other. Nah, you, you, you know, we craft an album. It's 10 songs. We take you on a journey. Yep. You know, you've got the art to go with it. And, you know, we love that, and I think a lot of other people do too. So it's cool. Well, exciting stuff, and we look forward to doing it all over again. Uh, before we move on the tour next year, are you still plan on doing the all for one celebration? Well, we are starting that. We've got a, what have we got going on here? Uh, we are getting into the metal hall of fame. Yes. I'm this we are being indicted. We are being indicted. <laughs> as I <said. laughs> Not inducted, indicted. I was going to congratulate you and uh, spend some time at the end of the interview on the Hall of Fame, but well, we'll, we'll just we'll just pretend we edited that part out. We'll get to that later. <laughs> so it's the Hall of Fame induction, the Metal Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Raven, Twisted Sister, Chris and Palatari, our hometown guy uh, Lou Graham. I think is it Lou Graham and Foreigner or just Foreigner? I believe it's just Lou Graham. You know, Pat and those guys at the Metal Hall of Fame really waved the flag. I just wish that it was uh, in New Jersey rather than California so that, you know, I could take a road trip. But there you go. But uh, congratulations. I'm I'm just happy there's someone, like you say, flying the flag doing that because uh, I'd heard a statistic that there's literally three heavy metal bands that have been indicted. Indicted again. (laughs) Into the rock and the rock and roll hall of fame, yeah, you know the Rolling Stone, yeah, you know, freaking jerk off collection for want of a better word. I can't wait until Maiden declines it if they ever get. Um, well, if if I mean that's the kind of thing that Bruce would do. Bruce would tell them where to go, uh, yeah. and quite rightly too. So, uh, which if you know, it's it's ludicrous the the acts that get put in and I mean they're not even Maiden there's this bands who are classic rock bands who have been around even longer than Maiden and who aren't in mm-hmm. um, it's, it's it's just a travesty but uh, you know you're going to put Jay-Z in or you're going to put uh, whoever you know Dolly Parton I mean please yeah well we could go on but let's not give them any more press that they, they need 
So, That's right. So um, we're here today to talk about the uh, the Metallica Ravens Azula benefit. John, let's just start at the beginning. How did it come about? Um, don't spare any details because it's very interesting. We get people asking us all the time because of our relationship. And I'm like, we had a chance to talk backstage at the Rochester show and you gave me some details, but again, tell us how all this came about. Uh, we were in the studio at Mike's in Los Angeles and discussing this, that, and the other. And it came up, you know, it's the 40th anniversary next year for our All For One album, 40th anniversary for the Kill Em All For One tour. We're in California. Why don't we hit up the Metallica boys and say, hey, do you want to sit down and talk about this? And we'll put it on video and, you know, for we'll either for a box set or a video thing. You know, it's great content. We'll be able to use it for something. It's historical. Let's do it, you know. So... I hit up Metallica's people and immediately James says, I want to do this. They were doing shows in Europe. This is, I'm, you know, I'm back in two weeks. So I'm like, okay, we're, and uh, it happened. We, you know, drove up a day early, making sure we weren't going to hit with traffic and all that stuff. Got up there, went to their place, and it was just awesome. Uh, we get you know, through the gate, we park, we're, we're talking with their people and uh, Lars walks out and then looks and goes, what the F are you guys doing here? Oh, so <laughs> Lars didn't know anything. He didn't even know. Now, when you say and, their place, you're talking about head, the Metallica headquarters up in... Yeah, at the HQ. Up in the Frisco area. Yeah, that way. And then we, you know, uh, Robert had came out. I guess they'd been rehearsing. Uh, Kirk must have left earlier. And James was coming back a little later. So, you know, we got to go in, we walk in, and we're getting the guided tour. And the first thing we see is a road case with Burke Shelley Budgie written on it. And we freak. Oh, man. Because we're huge Budgie fans. Yeah. And then right next to it, there's the Marshall Major 200 watt bass amp that Burke used forever. And that we saw in 1975 when we saw Budgie for the first time, and two of the Vox cabinets that he used. And then in the control room of the re the recording studio, there's his bass. Wow. The engineer said, like, have you played that before? I goes, yeah, I played it like 20 years ago. It's a great bass. And he goes, that's the best Fender Precision I've ever recorded. And and it's got all that history. Yeah. So, so that, they've been using it. I thought, well, that's really cool, you know. You know, those guys have got the wherewithal to do this. And actually when James came in, we were telling him this. He goes, you got to see this. You know, like a big kid. Yeah, just, yeah. Just a big fan like us. And he takes us in the room, and there on the walls, the Thin Lizzy mirrored sign from the last tour. Oh, my God. That, it'd been thrown in the dumpster, and some roadie said no and took it out and kept it home for, like, 20 years and then put it up for sale. And James saw it and went, boom, I've got that. So that's brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. So this headquarters, um, I've watched videos, and it is pretty impressive. You know, they have all the tapestries from the tours and fan banners. Yeah, it's really big. I mean, there's a bunch of associated rooms, but there's pretty much two rooms. I guess there's one, which is the one you'll see on most of the videos where they're playing, which is like a, a playing room. The other one's more of a storage, which is where we did our video with uh, James. And also they have a lot of the speaker cabinets like blocked off, 
you know, for recording and the recording studio. And then there's all offices and kitchens and God knows what else. So it's it's big. Apparently half of it was rented out by Journey for years and then Journey moved out and they just said, to hell with it, boom, let's buy the whole thing. You know, so they oh, took it all. Well, they're, they're, um, they're dedicated historians, archivists, and, you know, they save everything and then we go on all, all day about uh, oh stu- yeah, well, stuff. James, James was funny. He says, "You think I'm bad? Well, you see what Lars has got. Lars <laughs> has got like you know, like uh, Burger King receipts from 1983. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know who benefits from that? Uh, us fans. You know, yeah. and we're all and fans. It's, it's, it's great that you know, like I say, they've got the wherewithal and the deep pockets to do this stuff." And, you know, it's great that, you know, Kirk bought Gary Moore's guitar and, and plays it out on stage at that, you know, rather than some faceless entity putting it in a vault and waiting for it to accrue more money. You know, it's a great instrument and it's it's great to see it out there, you know. Those kind of things are very cool. All right, so you're up at HQ. You have, uh, you walk down heavy metal memory lane and now you have, you're doing the gig. What happened next? Well, that was the... Second, last gig on the tour. We had one more gig after it. Uh, the gig before was uh, interesting. It was a festival in Atlanta, and it was basically all death metal bands. So we were looking at each other like, this is going to be kind of sketchy. It's, you know, the, the one band was on after us was Deicide. They're old you school. Know, nice guys, uh, real nice guys. So uh, who knows, but we're like, this isn't all bad, you know. This, and we went on to a hero's welcome, and they loved us. It was shocking. It was a really, really great show for us. Now, John, when you say death metal bands, we call them the squiggly line logo bands, where you can't well, read. A bunch of sticks. <laughs> yeah, you can't read. Lots the, of bunch of sticks. Yeah, but DSide is them. old school. But hey, John, don't minimize yourself. Uh, all those, all those bands grew up listening. To you guys. Well, that's what, you know, they all came and told us. This is, no, 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 we've got great respect because without you guys, none of this would happen, blah, 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 which is, you know, don't make me guilty, but it's it's very nice to hear. It's uh, very complimentary. Uh, so great reaction. We finished up, packed up like maniacs because we had a 630-mile drive to Florida right after that. Mm-hmm. And we get in. And after the usual uh, spinal tapping, driving around the building, which is gigantic, trying to figure out where to get in, uh, treated like gold. Their crew is incredible. And, you know, just nice, friendly guys. And we all got set up. It was all really, really cool. The only thing that got screwed up a bit was the guest list. Uh I guess I fell through the cracks, but uh, we we got it mended because I had my kids coming down and, you know, my my girlfriend had flew over from here, from England, and uh, we had friends, other friends from England in and all this other stuff, but we kind of got it sorted out. And it was was really cool. So we got to hang out with, with Metallica for 20, 30 minutes before we went on which was awesome. And it's James and Lars. Like, we're going to introduce you. We'll come on. We'll mm-hmm. introduce you. And it was a great setup, as you'll see in the videos. So basically, uh, 
the tour manager was laughing. She says, I've been trying to tell them to get rid of the shit for 40 years, and now they tell me they want to bring it all out on stage. <laughs> they had all the old speaker cabinets and all the cases and all this stuff. So it looked pretty cool. And it, it you know, really fit with that whole old-school set mentality thing, you know? Well, here's a two-part question. Uh, throughout the years, how often did you keep in touch with Metallica? And was there anyone at the celebration where you're like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in 40 years, mate, or any, you know, anything like that? Well, not 40 years, because there's a lot of people that, I mean, of the people that were there, the people that we've seen the least is probably Metallica. Because, yeah. uh, you know, when when you hit that kind of rarefied air, you're usually not in touch with a lot of people. I mean, we ran into them in 84, the next time we came back to San Francisco after the tour, they came backstage and hung out with us. Mark met them in 86 because Mark used to live in Woodstock and they were mixing on Justice for All in between doing their festival gigs. Mm-hmm. We ran into them in a diner there. Uh, we ran into Lars 2013 in San Francisco for like literally five minutes. And he did a really nice thing for our DVD, Rock Until You Drop. He did like an hour's worth of talking about the tour. And we reached out and did that show in 2014 in Brazil with them and opened for them down there. And this, so, you know. Well, just like any other old friend relationship, you know, you're always in each other's thoughts. It's just, you know, logistics. When do you get together? Yeah, but I mean, there's a you know, there's a lot of respect on our end, and from what I've seen, there's a lot of respect on their end, and it was really good just talking them about normal everyday crap, you know. And I never got to talk to Robert before. He's a lovely guy, great, great guy. Hadn't talked to Kirk in forever, so it was great, you know, hooking up with them guys after so long. And of course, you know, James. It's been really grateful this whole thing. And Lars is awesome. Lars Lars has never changed. He's the wheeler dealer. He's he's a piece of work, but he's a good guy. Yeah, he you know, definitely a lot of give a lot of people give Lars a, a hard time, but uh You know what? Lars Lars can just laugh all the way at the bank. It's like uh there's there's a lot of people who'll call him out on his playing ability or whatever and you know, the, the fact is, if they had anyone else in that band, they wouldn't be who they are and they wouldn't be where they are. So, you know. Well said. And, you know, everyone gives him a hard time about the Napster bullshit. Hey, he was right. He was he right. He was right one million percent. <laughs> and unfortunately, I mean, he, you know, he, he called it out, but it was a done deal at that point. The world had changed. Uh, what? There was a lot of people a lot smarter than Lars and us and all this who should have seen this coming and should have put some sort of gatekeeper thing in. And they didn't. And the genie was out the bottle. And here we all are now giving away our music and selling T-shirts. You know, it's it's a crazy world. Well, that, that, that leads me to my next question. A lot of times when you start doing these tours, merchandise is the hidden uh, financial gem. How did this affect you? Because there was uh, there was shirts there, specialty gig shirts. Were you involved with the design of that or um, reap the benefits of those? No, I, I believe the majority of this all went to charity. Okay. And we were allowed to sell our own shirts, and we did very well at the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But uh, no, all that stuff of the the two of us on it, it, it all was a charitable thing. And which uh, I, I believe they've played the the venue at least two or three times before. It's like a an annual thing they'll do. It's, it's some sort of charity drive thing. And when we to to kick back a little bit, when we'd had the you know the chat with James at the end, I just said, "Hey, there's this little band from Newcastle. You know, like uh, if you ever have any opening slots, yeah, we're definitely available." And he said, "Well, we've actually got a show coming up uh, that we haven't announced yet, and I'll let you know." And yeah. he did, and that's how we got it. You know, it's awesome. Because we were laughing, saying, "If this had been done through normal channels." There's no chance on earth. No, no. No chance on earth. It would be, you know, Greta Van Heyer or <laughs> freaking Five Finger Arsehole, whatever, you know, one of those bands. They're, yeah. They're, you know, they've got the they've got the clout, unfortunately, and that's usually what talks. And to have something like this happen where it's basically between the bands never happens. It's, it's very... Well, they, they call their own shots. They can make... Uh, anything happen that they want to happen. And it's awesome that going back and bringing you guys in because as fans, you know, we've waved this flag for years. We're very proud that Raven was there at the beginning because, you know, listeners, if you're not familiar with it, back when Raven and Metallica toured together, Raven were the big kids and Metallica were the, you know, the upstarts. And yeah, I mean, that was their first tour. I mean, I believe they'd only done whatever. 10, 15 shows total beforehand. Really, yeah. they were, you know, doing the weekend warrior thing at best. And, you know, we'd, we'd served our apprenticeship. I mean, we'd played the Northeast clubs for years, you know, since like 76. We were doing, you know, 70, 80 gigs a year, playing around the country doing that. A uh, quick question. Uh, why was the show in Florida rather than up in Jersey? I believe that thing I'd said where it's a, uh, a charitable thing that they've been doing every year. I think they were going to do the show anyway. They probably just repurposed it and just said, you know what? We're doing the show. You know, Raven's available. Johnny's just died. And it, it, you know, it was mm. just a culmination of different threads, which they just tied together and said, "Let's make this a tribute to John and Marsha." So, and of course, John and Marsha had lived down in Florida for a long time. So, even though all the initial glory days and all that was up in Jersey, um, you know, they were already doing the show, and of course, logistically, they'd already done, you know, half the the groundwork in order to do this anyway. So yeah. I'm, I'm reading between the lines, but I think that's how it happened. When we uh, hosted you up in Rochester, you had a chance to meet Southern Kale, one of the team members on the Metal Mayhem ROC team. Kale, who lives in Melbourne, Florida, he wanted me to ask you, how fun was it to be playing in your air quote backyard as a Floridian resident? Did you have any friends and family come to the show that were from Florida? Oh, yeah, there's a, a lot of people. I mean, I've got old friends from New York, uh, you know, John Erigo and his wife. John was one of the guys that did uh, Kick-Ass Monthly with Bob Muldowney way back in the day. John lives out in Tampa. He came down there. Uh, friends of ours that we met in Chicago on the 
the Kill 'Em All for One tour. Okay. Um, they were down there. Jeez, uh, who else? Uh, some other friends of Mark's were in d- down in there. Uh, and a, a lot of people travelled from all over. I mean, from out of the country, internationally, to come and see this, which was like mind-blowing. And Mark said, I can't get my head around it. Why do people think this is such a big deal? I goes, you just don't get it. Says this is like the kind of thing that people have been wish listing forever. Yeah, yeah. And for them to do that kind of set, and for us to be playing with them is, uh, you know, it's like a dream setup. Let's talk about the set. Geez, you covered a couple from Metal City, Rock Until You Drop, Wiped Out, All for One. Obviously, it's a condensed set from the wiped out headline. Yeah, it got a little more condensed because uh, James and Lars came out and introduced us and talked for five minutes, and they took that off our set, which was <laughs> a little bit uh, annoying. But what are you going to do? We got the wave. But uh, they came out and introduced us, and you know we came out, hey, give him a hug, we're ready to start, and Mark turns around to Mike and goes, and nothing happens. And I'm like, no, no. And that was the longest 59 seconds of my life because his guitar wouldn't work. And when you watch it on the video, it it doesn't really seem that way. It just seems like the lights went down, we're just waiting, and it kind of built some kind of anticipation. But it was painful for us because this had happened once or twice on the tour where his rig had went down. And whatever it was, I think, Either him or someone else had turned the volume off on the amplifier and it came up and then everything was fine. (laughs) Tech issues, man. When you're doing it yourself, you have to performer engineer the whole, whole deal. But, um, it was, it was great to, to, to put that out there for, for John and Marsha, because, you know, without John and Marsha, uh, we certainly wouldn't be here, and Metallica certainly wouldn't be here. That was a, you know, they, they changed our lives. They changed Metallica's lives and a lot of other people's lives too. Uh, so, you know, just to kick that out into the universe was a, a, good, a good thing to do. And to make that known, I mean, a lot of people know, but just to put it out is, is a good thing. And it was great for us. I mean, I've had, you know, friends that were in the audience. It's just, the guy says, there's this girl jumping up and down going crazy. And he goes, great, huh? She goes, yeah. Who are they? I've never heard of them before. This band's phenomenal. So here we are, 48 years later, and there's still people don't have a clue who the hell we are. So that's that's uh, a challenge. That's good, you know? Well, if you- and we're just slowly breaking those walls down <laughs> <laughs> the job's not done well if you know you know you'll always be our little band we could keep in our back pocket but it's nice when you, you get on the big stage and the masses kidding you know they've heard the name raven that's uh congratulations my friend we we're proud to um we're we're happy for you so yeah it was it was a good one and actually the night after was great as well we played in cape coral which is where the hurricane hit. And it was, uh, they're just getting back on their feet. Mm. I mean, I stayed in a hotel where the bottom floor was completely wiped out. They had it all, everything dragged out and were completely redoing. They only had the top floor working. 
And up until a few weeks before, we didn't even know if this gig was going to happen. And the people came out and they were really happy just to, you know, forget about all their troubles for a while and have a, have a good time with the show. So that was actually like a nice way to finish it all off. All right. Well, John, um, again, the new one coming out in 2023, all hell's breaking loose. So we're looking at August, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully August. Uh, you know, the as the record companies take their extended uh, holiday vacation from December 15th until probably this Monday, uh, and then they'll start shouting, where's the artwork and all this good stuff. So the vinyl thing, there's such a backlog. It's like, you know, between seven and nine months, which is why we've had to get the stuff in. And it's, you know, we took our time getting the art, so it, it kicks it back. Uh, these guys don't just throw it against the wall. They they really want to build a campaign around putting the record out, which is, you know, obviously great for us. And it's a case of like, you know, it, it'll take as long as it takes to do it right. Yeah, You can't control it, so you just control what you can. Yep. All right. Well, congratulations again on the Metal Hall of Fame. That's at the end of January. I'm sure there'll be press everywhere. Go on YouTube, check it out. And say hello to Mark and Mike for us. And as always, you know, take care, my friend. Absolutely. And we hope to be setting up some sort of tour for, you know, the September, October of this year. All right. So we'll be in you touch. might have us ugly <laughs> lunatics in your backyard again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking for, you know, me, I don't never take an, I'm always thinking something. I was thinking, ah, oh, get them back to Rochester. How about an outdoor show? You know? There you go. Well, See that? Don't, don't do it in the window. Yeah, I know. Hell no. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we've got the all for one thing. We'll have the new album. So at that point, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do. But, yep. uh, you know, it'll be fun. All right, have a, a, a safe trip to California, and we'll talk soon. All the best, man. See ya. Cheers. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James DeVere from Hellstar. You're listening to Burnomatic. Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a longtime headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from Whitesnake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from Dio, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstun from Enforcer. Hi, this is Braun from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind the scenes info. Hi, this is William Merwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising and the uh, Ted Templeman book, A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC, giving you more to listen for. Join our community and always remember to keep it heavy. All right, so continuing our celebration of Raven getting inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame, we have a returning guest, our old friend Andrew Robleski, back to the show. If uh, you're not familiar, Andrew was a 21-year-old sound engineer student back in 1983, and he was second chair engineer on that classic Kill 'Em All release Metallica recorded right here in Rochester. Andrew, welcome back to the show. How have you been, man? Happy New Year. Hey, happy new year, John. I've been great. Thanks for asking. Uh, everything is awesome. 
Andrew uh, was on a couple years ago. He told the whole story about his experience with Metallica recording that Kill 'Em All. And then we had him back about a year ago with a follow-up, and he talked about some vintage pictures that he had that he has since donated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and the gift that keeps giving, Andrew's back again to share his involvement with this vintage Raven Metallica show that took place at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in November. So, like I said, the gift that keeps giving. Tell me your involvement with this whole situation. Well, I had got, I had a couple of pictures uh, from the Kill 'em All session uh, of Johnny and Marsha Zazula, which this concert was a benefit for them or their foundation. And I got in touch with uh, Dan, who is uh, Metallica's creative director, and said, hey, I've got some pictures that you guys might want to put into the show. And, uh, you know, he was really excited about it because they were going to be doing some sort of a montage in the background and that. And so Dan and I, I got the pictures to Dan. We were talking and I said, hey, Dan, I said, you know, not for nothing. I said, but wouldn't it be fun if because this is kind of like a, you know, a kill them all a centric show. If I introduced anesthesia pulling teeth, just like I did on the album. And he goes, oh, he goes, that would be fun. He goes, we'll fly you down here. You know, we'll do all this. And then a couple of weeks before the show, he called me and said that they had us kind of shorten the set list. And that was one of the things that got cut. He said, but, you know, 2023, 40th anniversary, you never know what's going to happen. So um, I sent them the pictures. And then uh, Dan sent me a bunch of really cool swag. And uh, I heard it was a phenomenal show. The set list was just the first two albums, which right. was, you know, a Die Hard's uh, ultimate dream. And just the, the whole vibe of it. Now, listeners, you've heard the first part of this interview where we talked with John Gallagher and he told the whole story and got his input. Andrew has provided to us and Metallica a one-of-a-kind unearthed audio tape that he found in his archives. It's about 25 minutes of Metallica while they were recording Kill 'Em All uh, Kirk noodling and um, riffing and you hear Lars and James interjecting some thoughts and today we're going to play some of that. Now out of respect to the guys of Metallica and the anniversary of Kill 'Em All in the spring of 2023, it'll be 40 years, we're not going to just play it all. Andrew, uh, before we get into this, what did you reach out to Dan, let him know what you have and what was the end result of that? I told Dan that I knew that I had a, a cassette tape somewhere buried in my stuff that I hadn't seen in almost 40 years. And he's like, well, if you could please take some time to try to find that, that would be great. And then I got a call from their manager and um, he said, I, I was talking to Dan. He said, you, you, you might have some audio stuff. He goes, I'll tell you what, he goes, we'd be so grateful if you could find that. And so um, I did some digging. Uh, through some stuff, you know, because I've moved, you know, a couple of times since. Found the cassette tape, had it digitized, and then got it into your hands here. So this is what we're going to hear today is a little bit of that. All right, great. So I uh, went down to the lab and I, again, folks, I just edited down a couple sniblets. So this first little clip we're going to listen to, it's about a, uh, two minutes long. I labeled it Randy Creepin' EVH. 
<laughs> it, it's uh it's remember it's the spring of 83 so you hear kirk jamming and then you hear the uh creeping death riff that he brought from his days in exodus and then you hear him channeling his inner randy rhodes and eddie van halen that's at least what i got out of it so let's uh take yep. a listen to this and uh tell me what you guys think As you can see, uh, we heard the creeping death part. Thought I heard some Randy in there, the end end part with Eddie. Uh, Andrew, what did you think of that? Yeah, you know, when you and I talked about this, we we pretty much were on the same page. And, you know, just so that people have kind of a visual in their head, uh, Kurt was sitting inside of a guitar isolation booth, which is like a little booth made out of glass that's inside the studio. And uh, he was just sitting in there with his little uh, amp and all I did was just take a microphone and put it on the stand and started the, the you know, recording it just out of a whim. I still don't know why I did it. I'm glad I did. But uh, so that's why you're hearing it. It's a little bit, you know, tinny, a little bit distant and stuff, but it's just a, one mic in that open area inside the isolation booth. Well, I may have an explanation of why they were doing it, because this next clip we have it's Kirk and James, and they're working on the middle part of Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. 
And the key in this is they were working on the sound of a, a head of an amp. And yeah. that's what I heard through their uh, dialogue in this clip. So this one's a little longer. It's about three minutes long. It will start with Kirk noodling and then he'll stop and he'll start talking with James and then he'll start working on a, the middle part. He'll stop again and James will give his input the second half of the clip, you really start hearing them constructing this and you hear the enthusiasm. And I just want to make note that this is proof that Kirk just didn't slide in and play Mustaine's riffs. He was help restructuring the sound of Metallica. Yep. So here we go. This this clip, I just call it Kirk and James creating. Here you go. <laughs> Diddle, 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 diddle
And there you have fucking the, the professors in the lab in the creation. Andrew, what, what's your take on this? Well, I mean, you know, Kurt had just rolled into town, you know. I mean, he was learning stuff, you know, on the run here and that, you know, because he was yeah, his former band, Exodus. And so, you know, here he's, they're working on stuff and they're learning how to work with one another. And uh, you, you heard, you know, uh, you know, Lars, I think at the beginning, I don't know if this was the clip, but Lars mm. said, hey, you're doing good. It sounds good. They're very encouraging and stuff. And then, you know, James sitting there going, you know, like, and they were just trying to work things out and see how they could make it uh, sound as best they could. You're right. It, it was that timeline. He was probably in the band two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, if, right. And granted, they knew each other from back in the Frisco scene. You know, yeah. it's been documented how he got in the band. But here they are, the other side of the country, in some studio, some town they've never been to, and they're working in the middle of the night, people they didn't even know, and they're creating. So this is really, really the infant stages of a career that has gone 40 years. Yeah. Now, this next clip, we're having fun with this one. Uh, it's not as long. It's only maybe a minute long, but we're holding a special contest here at Metal Mayhem ROC. All you have to do is go to our website and sign up for our newsletter, just uh, metalmayhemroc.com, click the newsletter, sign up for it, and your entry will be put into a drawing. We're going to give away Metal Mayhem ROC swag. We got some shirts and whatnot. Andrew is going into the his vault, and he's ponying up some rarities. Andrew, what, what are you going to contribute to this uh, swag bag we're giving away? Yeah, so this is a guitar pick I got from uh, Metallica's ma uh, management and their their creative director Dan. Uh, it was they made them just for that show, just for that night. They weren't you know uh, made available for sale or anything. Mm -hmm. So it, it it is a uh, a pretty decent rarity, I would say. Can we up it up anymore? You got anything else we could put in this swag bag? Well, you know, since we're talking about Kirk uh, primarily here. What I'd like to also uh, put into the uh, swag bag, as, you, as you're calling it here, <laughs> is a photo from the Kill 'Em All sessions uh, of Kurt, you know, on guitar, uh, which uh, nobody's seen. So rare stuff. Andrew, thank you. That's very generous of you. And Andrew was lucky enough to have the opportunity 40 years ago to, you know, be involved with this and listeners i invite you to go back into the metal mayhem roc.com website into the archives and check out this um god hour and a half long interview we did with andrew uh he tells the whole story uh the cranker from the old rochester metallic overdrive radio shows on there talking about how the band was hanging out at his house uh it's just if you haven't heard it it's fantastic so let me play this clip. Now, this is only a minute long, and there's a riff that Kirk starts doing. And me and my team, it was, uh, we knew the riff, but we couldn't place it, and we finally placed it. So sign up for the newsletter, and in the email, submit your guess as to who this original riff is from. And in a couple of weeks, I'll draw a winner, and we'll notify you of uh, if you're the lucky winner. So here you go. Check this one out. Oh, my God. 
good one. Without without that, it sounds good. But when you turn that on, it's it's a lot of noise. But but if the, the lead sounds it sounds shit. It, it's the head. The rhythm sounds shitty. <laughs> so the, and that, right at the end, you hear that that hissing, that fuzzing. Again, they were working on a new head, and that was uh, they were talking about it. But that riff, I'm sure there's people that are going, "Oh, that was an easy one." If you want these gifts, the Metal Mayhem shirts, the guitar pick, the Kirk Hammett picture, go to MetalMayhemROC.com, sign up for our newsletter, get in a drawing, and that could be yours. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew, any other information on this event? Um, your correspondence with Daniel, the Metallica people? No, not, not anything else other than, you know, I think it would be fun sometime this year to actually introduce anesthesia pulling teeth again, just once for old time's sake. That would be a, you know, no, no doubt a dream come true for me. And, um, I'm just, you know, really super excited that I found this cassette tape amongst all these, you know, recordings and cassettes I had, you know, stored away for all this time. And, um, you know, finally getting it out to everybody, it, it'll uh, be fun. And, uh, you know, and the and the boys, they haven't, the guys have not even heard this stuff yet. So there's a lot more on this tape. And yeah. so they'll, they'll get their hands on it and do what they're going to do with it. Oh, a little fun fact that Andrew didn't share that I got to call him out on it. Um, when he was speaking with Daniel about all this and Daniel did offer him tickets to the hard rock show. What, what happened there? Are you just going to make it down? Uh, yeah, he said, you know, if you want to get come down to the sh- show anyways, you know, we can get you down here. And I said, well, I, I can't make it. Um, and then he said, well, then here's the deal. Any show, anytime, anywhere, you let me know. We'll get you there. I think this story is not complete. So when Andrew does get involved and meets up with the boys, we'll be there and we will um, get you a story. All right, we have one more clip we're going to end the show with. It's just Kirk noodling and screaming and doing what he does. Andrew, thanks, man. You're very welcome, John. My pleasure. Uh, You know, I really, really stand behind everything that you're doing with this. Uh, You're getting it out there. Uh, You are a genius when it comes to remembering stuff about (laughs) our favorite genre. And you're probably one of the best interviewers out there amongst anybody. You've got a gift for this stuff. And, uh, yeah, and we did graduate from the same high school. So, you know, <laughs> go us. Yeah. Penfield chiefs, Penfield, New York. That's right. Andrew, again, thank you for those kind words. We appreciate it. If you want these gifts, the metal mayhem shirts, the guitar pick, the Kirk Hammett picture, go to metal mayhem, sign up for our newsletter, get in a drawing. And that could be yours for my guest, Andrew Robleski. I'm the Vernomatic. This is metal mayhem ROC.
This is Inner Hendrix. Take care, folks. Have a great 2023. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.